personal questions about like what made them a geek and stuff yeah we're gonna um you know this is a day three of the quarantine what it's like we're slowly going insane how quarantine day three the movie theaters are closed dave and busters is closed the parks are closed oh yeah insanity is starting to set in no (laughs) i don't have any batman Comics to uh, read. Yes, you do. <laughs> I have a ton of Batman comics in there. You need to go read them. Oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're going to uh, just dedicate this entire episode to basically interviewing each other. Yeah. And asking ourselves questions, like Joshua said, about our, you know, us and this whole love of geeky stuff. And, um, yeah, I think this should be pretty fun. What we did is that the first question, we agreed on it. Yeah. Together, so we're going to ask each other the, f- the same first question, and then from there on, we're going to start taking turns. We're going to work our way through five questions each, and the 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 four questions after the first one, we don't know what they are. So uh-huh. we're going to kind of surprise each other with those questions. So, having said that, ready to get into the first question? Uh, rock paper scissors. All right. See who does the first one. All right. Rock, rock paper scissors shoot. Dang it. Rock, rock paper scissors shoot. shoot. Seriously? Rock. Scissors okay. twice in a row? Okay. Rock, rock paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, rock. my God. Okay. What is rock. going on? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, now, come on, man. <laughs> okay. Seriously? All right, we've gotten scissors twice in a row, then rock, both of us, then scissors again, and now paper, both okay, of let's us. Okay, let This is it. This has to be it. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Are you okay, sure both I'll, I'll just again? go. I'll just. I'll yeah, just fine. Go. You just go. Yeah. All right. So the the first question that we both agreed on oh, yeah. is um what what is your favorite? I actually made an exception. Uh huh. What is your favorite super? Sorry. Go ahead. What is your favorite superhero? Yeah. Uh, or and supervillain and why? Really? Okay. All right. What is my favorite superhero? For a long time, my favorite superhero was Spider Man. And I think it has to do with the fact that I, I got into Spider-Man when I was, you know, when I was a kid and a teenager. And Spider-Man has always been one of the youngest superheroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least at that point in the continuity, he was always a teenager. So um, oh, he was? Yeah, yeah. He started off as a teenager. He was like a sophomore in, in high school, just mm-hmm. like the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. So I think for that reason, I kind of identified with him. And, you know, he was funny and he, you know, made fun of his villains. Like he wasn't all like... He didn't take things Speaking of villains, too seriously. After, after this, you uh, you have the choice to do your favorite villain one. Okay, um, but then as time went by, I, what I think it happened around, I think it happened when I first when I read the the Hush comic. Oh yeah, I think you told me about this. You you discovered Batman. Yeah, yeah. Like the first time that I really got into Batman was when the Hush comic book came out, and I don't know what drew me to. That comic book, I think it may have been the fact that I noticed, first of all, the artwork. I knew Jim Lee from his work on X-Men and from his work on um, Image Comics and stuff like that. And I loved his art his art style. And then when I saw that he was the artist on that and I, and I saw how good he drew everything and that the Hush comic like featured practically all of Batman's main villains, I was like, okay, this looks like a pretty cool thing. So I got into it. 
and that was the first time that I fell in love with Batman. And then it definitely cemented my love for him when I, when DC did the whole uh, reboot with Flashpoint Paradox and the New 52 started, I followed Batman faithfully for many, many issues. So is, is Rebirth before mm-hmm. New 52 or is it after? It's after. Why have they rebooted it so many times? I don't know. DC's weird like that. But I definitely enjoyed the New 52. I thought it was really cool until they started getting into the whole, you know, crossing interdimensional stuff. That At that point is when they lost me. But Batman really became my favorite superhero at that point. And I think it has to do with the fact that Batman is a mortal amongst gods. Yeah, like literally he's working with Superman who is basically a god. Yeah. And Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Flash and Green Lantern. Like all these people are incredibly powerful beings. Yeah. And this guy is valuable enough being a mere mortal. He's valuable enough that he can become the leader of the Justice League. And that to me is incredible. Yeah. And when you really get into his stories and into his comic books, you understand why. Like the guy is truly brilliant and he's a, an excellent strategist. He's the world's greatest detective, and as Ray Zagul says. Yep, that he is. So yeah, Batman became my favorite villain, my favorite uh, uh, superhero. For now, sure. if you want to, you can do favorite villain and why. Do you want to? No, I'm going to pass on this one. Okay. I'm going to pass on this one because my, my, my second question is a little bit related to villains, so I want to leave that for you. Okay, so um, my favorite superhero and why, Yeah. Um, since obviously I was born like way after you. Yeah, just a little um, bit, you know, a few, couple years. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the first superhero that I remember mm-hmm. liking a lot yeah. is Batman, and I still do, but... That was um, the first one, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, and I, I also saw Spider-Man really close to that. Mm-hmm. He's always been like my second favorite superhero. Hmm. And what's your earliest memory of a superhero? Like what was the first time that you actually recognized a super? This isn't one of my questions, by the way, but what's the first time that you actually recognize a superhero as like, Oh, this is, this is what a superhero is. It was probably, um, when I was in, like, a really old house of ours, mm-hmm. um, and it had, like, an upstairs and stuff, yeah. and I was sitting on a stool watching Batman Beyond, <laughs> and I was, like, watching that one scene where Terry McGinnis sees the bat trapped in the clock, and okay. I'm like, hey, isn't that Batman? Oh, okay. That's my earliest memory. And that was probably, that must have been then when you were, like, four. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was, like, when I was... Three or four? Three. I, I'm pretty sure it was... I was like two. No, no, because we moved to Tampa when you were three, I think. Oh, yeah, pretty sure. Interesting. Okay, so so that was that was your earliest memory. Cool. And and um, so so who is your favorite superhero then currently? Um, now or yeah. like then? Now. <clears throat> I think it's still got to be Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do you like Batman? Because he. He's like, he's not, he's not only tactical, he's mm-hmm. stealthy. Definitely. He has, uh, he, and he has a, a bunch of different, like, varieties. Is, mm-hmm. is that even? Varieties? Like, yeah, varieties. Right. Of what? Um, of, like, gadgets. He has oh, a yeah. bunch of different, like, 
he he knows how to beat Superman, which is like a kryptonite suit, like right. in Injustice Two. Yeah. Um, he he has like smoke bombs. He can like disappear so quickly. He's just yeah. so cool. He really is, especially hey. some of his suits. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. He has such cool such cool suits. I, one thing one thing that I love about Batman is whenever I've gotten to read or watch um his origin story. I feel like the Mandalorian mm-hmm. is like him merged with like mm. Raphael or something. The Mandalorian is like Batman merged with Raphael? Ba- Batman merged with someone, definitely. Okay. I I actually do kind of see similarities. Uh, between between the Mandalorian, like that time character. when he was like hunting down that those yeah. people who betrayed him, yeah, like the, the lights were just flickering prison. on and off, and he like he yeah. was appearing. Yeah, and of course the Mandalorians also use all all the different gadgets too. Yeah. It makes it seem very like similar the, to the, the disintegrator rifle, right. the like tracker. Thing. Yeah, and the fact that they were able to the Mandalorians were able to be uh, a threat to to the Jedi, which Jedi are literally powerful people, right? They're like they have like powers. They have like superpowers, right? Similar to how the rest of the Justice League has, you know, yeah. very strong powers, but Batman being just a, a human, because of the gadgets and his uh, intelligence and his skill set and all that stuff, mm-hmm. he, he manages to go toe-to-toe with them. So, yeah. Yeah, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Batman doesn't have a baby Yoda, though. Yeah. That's it. But he does have a very violent <laughs> son, son. A murderous ninja son? Yes. Yep. Yeah, same, same as me. I have a murderous ninja son, too. What? I'm not a murderous ninja son. You're right. You're a ticklish ninja son. Yeah, I am actually. Yes, you are. Okay, my next question. Let's see. Question number. Oh no, it's your turn. You. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ask your question oh, number yeah. two. Okay. How did you first discover your favorite hero, like your favorite superhero? The very first time. Yeah. How did you discover him or her? I'm pretty sure. Hold on. It's really tough for me to think back to when I first heard about Batman as a kid. Mm-hmm. I really can't. I think it meant, well, so first of all, so I was, you know, I was born and raised in Colombia mm-hmm. until I was eight. And by that point. And you point, moved to like New York or something? No, I moved to Miami first. Oh. Then I lived in New York for a year. And then, uh, you know, I, I definitely heard about Batman in Colombia because Batman is just, you know, universally one of the best, one of the most known superheroes. And but I the first time that Batman made an impression on me for sure was when I saw um the the Tim Burton Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. Like the film? Yeah, yeah, the movie live action film. That was the first time that he really made an impression on me because I was like, you know, you know, who is this guy? Like I had always heard about Batman, but I'd never seen all the gadgets, the vehicles, the Batmobile, the Batwing. Um, a bat cycle, right? Well, we don't—they don't show a bat cycle in that movie, but well, at least the bat wing it. and the Batmobile, like they definitely show those things. And I remember that as soon as I got uh, to the United States, because in Colombia my family was pretty poor, I really didn't, you know, have money for like toys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the toys that I got were like knockoffs, you know, like fakes and stuff. And like that. then you got the um, the like Sega Genesis, and you played 
um, <laughs> and you brought it back to one. and you brought it back to Colombia and yeah. you played Street Fighters every time. Yeah, well, that, with that's, people you didn't even know. I think that's a story for another episode. We should actually do an episode about the consoles that you and I have both experienced in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think like that can make for a cool episode. But anyway, yeah, I think that was the first time that I ever uh, watched Batman, and I became so obsessed with it. And I remember when I went back to Colombia. I think it was like the summer afterwards when I was nine years old. I went back to Columbia and I and I had a VHS tape of Batman Returns and, you know, with Catwoman and Penguin and all that. And I was so happy. And I made my first girlfriend at that time mm-hmm. in Columbia. And I decided to, to you know, we were going to we wanted but to watch we, it when you were nine years old, when I was nine years old. Stop judging me. Yes. And um, so we wanted to watch a movie together and we had to watch it with like her older sister and her mom at her house. So, and they were like, you know, what movie are we going to watch? It's not like, you know, there was no streaming or anything like that. We couldn't just hit purchase on Apple TV uh, you know, to get a movie. So I was like, Oh, I have a movie. I have a movie. And I have brought the VHS tape of uh, Batman returns. Now the problem is this is in Colombia, and they don't speak English. They didn't speak English. And this movie was in English and it didn't have subtitles or anything. So they sat there for the entire movie. Just like wondering what the heck? Yeah, and I barely knew English yet. I was still learning English. And too. you still like loved it? Yeah, I still loved it. I just loved watching the thing. And so like we sit through the whole movie and the movie ends and I'm all excited because I'm like, oh my God, what did they think? I wonder, you know, my girlfriend's mom. And then immediately the first words out of her mouth are in Spanish are like, that was the worst thing I have ever seen in my life. And, like, my little nine-year-old geeky heart was crushed. Wait, because, why? Because she, like, she didn't like her or because, like, she didn't know? I think because she didn't care for, like, science fiction and hero stuff. Mm -hmm. And because she didn't understand a single word of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. You sit there for, like, an hour and a half to two hours and you don't understand anything. I can understand why you would, you know, not be happy about it. But, yeah, that was, I think... Around that time, eight and nine years of age, like that's when I really first became truly, truly aware. Like, oh my god, this is a really cool superhero. And again, he w- he didn't even become my favorite at that point. It was still Spider Man. Well, Spider Man became my favorite later on. Oh, yeah, but Batman, like, I never consciously decided Batman is definitely my favorite hero until the New Fifty Two or or until I read Hush. That's really when when it happened. Okay, so whose turn is it now? My, my turn? turn. Yeah, my oh, turn okay, for question yeah. number two. All right, question number two. Is there a villain that legitimately makes you mad? <laughs> like a villain that like you just can't stand the guy or the girl. You know, like you see him on a movie or a cartoon or something, you're like, oh, just kill him. You know, like you would want Batman to break his one rule just on that one villain. Who would it be? Any villain that you really don't like? I mean... <clears throat> like literally or just like I can't stand what they do. Yeah, that. I can't stand what they do? Yes. Riddler. Riddler? Really? He's like <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, in the movies I'm like, ooh, of course Batman's gonna solve it. He's the he's the world's greatest detective. Right. I I try to find it in um in Batman Return to Arkham Asylum, uh-huh. I hate you. I just want to <laughs> like destroy you. <laughs> and the crazy thing about Arkham 
which you just started playing, is that you? I don't think you ever actually face the Riddler in, in the first game. You got to wait until I think. I think maybe Arkham City, if not definitely Arkham Knight, is when you when you get to finally <laughs> face him. Yeah, so you're going to be dealing with the Joker for uh, for the, the Riddler for quite a bit. What is it that annoys you about him, though? He's like, how how is he this smart? <laughs> and like, why does he just want to terrorize my soul? <laughs> it's just like I can solve a good a good riddle, like um. Like, forwards, I am heavy, but backwards, I am not. Like, it's tough. That's an easy one. But wait, it's, wait, it's what? Forwards, yeah. I am heavy, but backwards, I am not. It's The word is ton. Oh, that's a cool one. That actually does sound like something the Riddler would say. Yeah. I dig it. Um. Yeah, I can, like, solve riddles like that. Mm-hmm. But riddles were... Like, the riddles in Arkham games. Yeah. Where he's, like... um. Where they're more about, like, looking for something, basically. Where, like, where he's, like, one of them, this one actually wasn't that hard, but he was, like, you don't know, which I had just listened to a tape from Jack Ryder. Right. So that one wasn't that hard. Yeah. But he was, like, you don't know Jack about Gotham Village. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, all right, so noted. You don't like riddles. I'm going to take note of that. Because specific, now I'm definitely going to be dropping some riddles. Specifically, I don't like the Riddler's riddles. <laughs> I think you don't like that he sounds like annoying. Like he, you know, when he talks, hey, Batman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, so that's all right. Cool answer. You don't like the Riddler. Okay. Your your second question. Go for it. Um, I already did that one. Um, What, what first, like, what first made you um like like geekiness and what first mm. thing that that you discovered made you a geek okay um can you if you can even remember i can actually well what all right so the the thing in my life that made me love science fiction and fantasy worlds and like and, geekiness yeah everything that that we call geeky stuff now the thing that made me fall in love with that stuff was the fact that I spent so much time alone as a kid. Because mm-hmm. I was, number one, I was an only child until I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I was raised really like an only child. Like, as soon as I left Columbia, my cousins were no longer in the picture, and I came to live in the United States. I spent so much of my life alone. Like, the entire day, I would go to school on my own. I would come back, and my mom would still be working, so I would, like, take care of myself the entire time. And she wouldn't get home until, like, you know, late, late, late at night. And because I spent all that time alone, I felt like I filled my mind with the company of characters, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt like I kind of like escaped to these other worlds because they were interesting. And really what was, I mean, what do you have really interesting at like that you point made it when up you're on your own? I did. Yes. I did make up a lot of stuff on my own, but no, more importantly, I kind of got lost in comic books and in movies and in cartoons, mm-hmm. everything that is, that is, that you is. You just geeky. like see uh, some things and you're like, huh, that looks interesting. Like comic books and stuff. Yeah. I love hearing, I love learning about the characters. I love learning about the worlds that the characters were in. And I felt like I get lost. I, I used to get lost in those worlds. I still do. But at that point, when you're a kid and you're spending so much time home alone, you really, really end up like needing something to distract you and to lose yourself in. And that, that was my thing. 
That's what I filled my my emptiness with or my loneliness with. Yeah. And it really it kind of trained me to not feel lonely at all. Like when I'm alone, I really don't mind it. You know, I I'm okay with being alone because I spent so much time alone as a kid. So yeah, I think that that's what took me to that. And then there was a second part to that question. What was it? No, just what first made you Okay. All right, cool. All right, so my turn, right? Yeah. All right, let's see. Question number question? three. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could live in one sci-fi fantasy or fictional world, which would it be? That's a that's a hard one. <laughs> like you well, have to like you're gonna live there. Like you're no longer gonna live in this reality from that point forth, you're only gonna live in that other world. Well, I want to live in a reality with my family. Well, okay, fine. Let's say that you could take your family, but now we're all living in that reality. Okay. (laughs) Hmm. You don't have to abandon us. Like any, any fantasy world. Yeah, anything. Any property. You know, it could be Star Wars. It could be the DC Universe. It could be the Marvel Universe. It could be anything. Here's the thing. Yeah. I feel like if I enter... A universe that has like superheroes and villains. Mm-hmm. I feel like I might die. <laughs> like, like the like living in New York in the Marvel universe, where New York is like constantly getting attacked and trying to be invaded. Like and... Loki having the <laughs> army destroy everything. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Sure, I hear but you. In a universe where I could be my own hero. Okay. Okay. Sure, you can give it that spin. Yeah. Like I could be. One of the heroes that I've created by myself. Yeah. Like um, Jackhammer or something. Right. That would be a cool universe. Okay. But I kind of want to live in a universe that I know also. Mm. So you like you like understanding. You like the fact that you understand this current universe then. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah. Mm, interesting. And okay. I also, I want to live in a universe where I don't have to be scared of, like, the heroes right. and villains. <laughs> yeah. Where I can be one of the heroes and villains. Okay. Fair enough. You know, one of the, it's funny, one of the things that I, that I always loved about the Marvel Universe compared to, like, DC or some other properties is that Marvel had the unique thing that they always actually, everything took place in the real world. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like DC that they made up Gotham City or Central City or Metropolis. Like, they actually, all the heroes all operated in New York City and the West Coast. Like, they operated in real places. Mm-hmm. Which the Marvel Cinematic Universe also, you know, copies, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's the universe that it's set in. So, I kind of like that. Like, Marvel made, brought fantasy and brought heroes and villains and all that, all those fights to the real world in a way. Mm-hmm. I always kind of liked that about it. Okay, your turn. Yo, question number what is it four now? Uh, yeah. What um what do you like about uh-huh. being a geek? What do I like about being a geek? Oh man. Okay. Um, I like the fact that I feel like all the content that I expose myself to yeah expands my brain. Like it's expanded my thinking, my imagination, my creativity. I love the fact that. When I'm sitting in a, and for those of you who don't know out there listening, I'm, I'm a creative director professionally. And a great deal of my job consists of generating ideas. 
Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that... Like when you design all these logos and... Right, or when I'm going to work with a designer or a writer or mm-hmm. a web developer or somebody else to create to bring a project to life. Yeah. You know, usually I'm the one that's generating a great deal of the ideas. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like everything that I've exposed myself to, the galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, the, Marvel's, the Marvel Universe in comics and in movies, the DC Universe... Uh, Terminator, Predator, Aliens, uh, all the zombie things that I'm into, like all these worlds that I'm constantly exposing myself to, mm-hmm. like they kind of make my brain break my my brain free, mm-hmm. and I'm able to think like break outside the, fourth the box. Barrier. Break the fourth wall. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's there's like a, a it allows me to think outside of what you know you people would usually think and. In creative spaces. Like, like, it would allow you to think, like, above of what non-geeks could, like, imagine. Sure. And I don't want to put down the imagination or creativity of somebody who's not into geeky stuff. But, profession- like, personally, as somebody who's very much into, like, design and creativity. Yeah. I think that the more stuff, the more unusual stuff that you expose yourself to. Yeah. The better your ideas are going to be. Mm. Because it's like a, a funky commercial that you happen to watch, you know, a year ago or something like that. You can suddenly get an idea for a poster that you need to design now because you saw something cool in that commercial. And you're like, oh, my God, I can adapt an idea that's similar for this thing. Yeah. So, like, the more of those unusual things that you expose yourself to, mm-hmm. the more ideas, the more your brain has to pick from to generate co- crazy ideas, you mm. know, later on. So, that's something that I really love about it. Is it? Your turn. Yeah. Uh, question four, right? Mm-hmm. Question four. So this is a personal one. Mm-hmm. How much did I have to do with you being into geeky stuff as your dad? What is that? I don't get. Like, you're clearly into all this stuff, you know? Yeah. How much, how much of a role did I play in that? Do you feel like without me in the picture... Like, let's say that I wouldn't have been into geeky stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Let's say that I would have been into cars, okay? Mm-hmm. Which you are. <clears throat> I am, but not like some guys are into cars. Like, some guys literally, like, they'll be in their garage, you know, improving their cars and working on their cars and stuff yeah. like that. I admire like, cars. have, like, more than one car in their Right, garage. yeah. For example, I, I'm not into cars in that way. I admire cars. I love cars. I love muscle cars in particular. But I'm not mechanic in any kind of way. Um, you know, so if I were into something different, and you wouldn't have picked up geeky stuff in your surroundings because of me. Like, if you wouldn't have seen me with pictures and collectibles and comics. and Yeah, I think I would still be in the geeky stuff. You think so? Yeah. You think so? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like I had anything to do with... I mean, I feel like you did. In what way? Like, what do you, introducing do you me to new things in the mm-hmm. geeky world. Like, mm-hmm. um, Star Wars or something. Right. And um, yeah, because I have that's true. I have shared a lot of stuff with you that like, I'm into that you a don't bunch of know characters about. from the Marvel and DC universe. I wouldn't have known if you if you weren't there. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But I did. It's it's, it's nice to think though that even without me in the picture, you would have probably gravitated towards it. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see it too because your brain is like a sponge of you know for information. You constantly like taking info information in. Mm-hmm. 
it would be hard for me to believe that with the way your brain is wired, it would be hard for me to believe that you wouldn't get into all sorts of stuff because you get into much more than just geeky stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you drop some facts about random things that had nothing to do with geeky stuff mm-hmm. all the time. So I got two books like that. Yes, you do. And you're probably going to keep on amassing more. And I can only imagine that once you start reading books on various subjects, you're just going to be absorbing information like crazy. So, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. All right. Uh, your turn. What is it? Are we in question five now? Uh, I'm in question five, but after yeah. this, you're gonna be in question five. Okay, question five. Shoot. Uh, what? What about your um? Now this one, uh-huh. I need you to say your favorite <laughs> hero and villain. <clears throat> okay. What about your favorite hero and villain interests you? <clears throat> okay. Or like, what do you like about them? Okay. Well, I told you what I love about Batman. Mm-hmm. So I won't repeat that. Let's focus on my favorite. No, that villain. was I, that I said that. What? No, I said it too. You the, did? Yeah, the first question was the same one for both of those. Remember? Oh yeah. So Batman is my favorite hero, and it's because of the fact that being a human, he surpasses so many others. You know, and you and, can like he, rewind if you like forgot that or something. Right. So as far as the villain, um, man. This is a tough one. To find out who your favorite villain is? Yeah. Because there's so many. There are are so many villains. (sighs) I mean, mine right off the bat would be Joker, but I have a lot of different favorite villains. Oh, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Magneto. Mm Mm-hmm. Magneto's my favorite villain. And... The reason for it is the fact that I feel like he has one of the richest backstories of any villain. Magneto, and I'm not sure how much you've learned so far about World War II in the real world, um, but uh, the Nazis who had an agenda of basically conquering the majority of the planet, Mm -hmm. they selected certain groups of people that they disliked and they locked them up in concentration camps, camps where they were tortured and treated horribly. I feel like and murdered. I, I feel like I saw that in one of the, um, in one of the X-Men movies where he right. was like a kid. Exactly. So he was a kid. And like he discovered his powers. Time. Right. Right. He was a kid during that time. He saw the worst of humanity. Yeah. He saw the worst that humanity could offer him. And then he discovered his abilities and basically, he started realizing that there were many other people like him in the world. And those that group of people who had that mutant gene, they ended up, uh, they started describing themselves. Some of them started describing themselves as, as homo superior, right? Like the evolution of homo sapien, which is us. Homo superior? Yeah. Those are just names that are given to like uh, the species of the evolution of, our, of, of us, of our oh. species, right? And so... Our current state is Homo sapien, and we've been wonder, this way for thousands of years. I wonder what humans will uh, or Homo sapiens mm-hmm. will evolve into in the course of like a bunch of years. I wonder if they're um, they're probably not done evolving. Probably not. I think we're all eventually going to become TikTokers. T- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's funny because it's true. Anyway, so 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 what I love about Magneto to answer your question 
is that for him, this whole thing is personal because he saw the worst of humanity back when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then he saw the rejection that humanity showed to his new people, to the mutants. And to the point where, you know, the government started persecuting them. They sent the sentinels and they were like rounding them up and taking them into camp. So it's like flashback much. You know, he started thinking back to everything that was done to the Jews by and the then Nazis. He took the knives and then stabbed them with the, with his electrical powers. He, yeah, sure. He did much, much, much more than that too. He could like get he could he, like lift up a whole metal stadium if he wanted. Sure, yeah. He he did all kinds of really, really crazy stuff. Actually, if uh I talk a lot about Magneto, and I don't think I identify him as my favorite superhero in this episode. A super villain? Or super villain, sorry. But um, but now you understand why I talk so much about him in episode 31 of our podcast where I reviewed the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Mm, um, and because, that, like, reboot of Marvel and stuff. Right. Because he's actually one of the superheroes that, that, that at least in the, in the Ultimate Superhero? Universe. I'm sorry, super villains in the ultimate universe that came closest to actually destroying the planet, like to mm. conquering the planet. I remember <clears throat> in, um, in X-Men apocalypse, mm -hmm. he made this like big force field of metal or something. Right. And like, no one could like stop it. Mm -hmm. It was just like a bunch of floating metal and trash and like cans. Right. It was all floating. And he was like, like, um, apocalypse. He was like, we will destroy this world and then mm -hmm. build a new one from the ashes. And then McNeil like just rose up all the metal underground and mm -hmm. stuff. Do you remember do you remember in Aquaman when um when Ocean Master threw all the trash and the ships from the oceans back onto the land? Oh yeah. <laughs> well Magneto did something similar and I can't remember where exactly this happened. I don't think it was a movie. And it must have been in the comics somewhere. But what he did is that he got all of the metal that is outside floating around our atmosphere. Oh, in space? In space. All the junk, like the old spaceships and satellites and stuff. Like, none of that stuff is brought back down. All that stuff stays out there f orbiting our planet. Like, like, the stuff that, like, I don't know if this actually happened, but, like, when astronauts go out and, like, some of the pieces... Break of off? The, yeah. Did that yeah. actually happen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And all that stuff stays out there. So, so he got all of that space junk, and he brought it down to planet Earth, crashing down all at the same time. Was he, like, trying to, like, destroy the X-Men or something? The world. He's trying to, like, terrorize the world. So my point, back to, back to his whole thing, is that he has a cause. Mm -hmm. And his cause is that he's seen humanity destroy, trying to destroy and annihilate and torture a group of people enough. And he's no longer willing to stand by that. Mm -hmm. He's not going to allow humanity to reject and to be prejudiced against and racist against mutants. He's not going to allow it. He is going to take a stand. And so he became kind of like a civil Her rights. the last stand. Yeah. He became kind of like a civil rights leader. He's standing up for the rights of mutants. But of course, he takes it to a terrorist level, you know, mm -hmm. where he's actually violently trying to teach the world a lesson. Whereas Charles Xavier is trying to do it peacefully. But honestly... It keeps like it keeps on <laughs> cycling back to seeming like Charles's way isn't exactly effective, and it always ends up playing out that like Magneto seems to be a little bit more slightly right than uh, than Professor X. But anyway, he's my favorite villain. I think he's one of the most powerful supervillains in 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 comics or sci-fi. Period. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I would pit him against Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. 
Imagine Magneto setting foot into the Death Star. Can't... Wait. Uh-huh. Is it a thing made of metal? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I rest my case. I'm leaving. <laughs> what is Darth Vader composed of? He has a metal arm. He has two metal legs. Metal machinery that is keeping him alive. He could just like simply just like break the metal yep. machinery that's keeping him alive and then just like walk away. Yep. Lightsabers. Well, they metal? Made exactly. I'm How telling you, he's he's a you uh, people underestimate. Like people look at him, and he's like, oh, he can just control metal. No, no, no. Hold on, magnetism he, he can, is like, his thing. He can. First of all, he can um, Wolverine mm -hmm. like uh, non geeks would right. probably be like, oh no, he just has metal claws. What can Magneto do to him? Take off his claws? No, whole skeleton. He can like. His whole skeleton is filled with metal. Yeah, he could take him apart if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Like like he did in one of the X-Men movies. I think he like he, I think he like crunched right. him mm -hmm. into I a mean, ball. When you really think about it, there are so many characters, even the most powerful ones, that if Magneto catches them off guard, they're gone. They're not they're not gonna stand. Thanos with the infinity gauntlet. What's the infinity if he, gauntlet exactly, made of? If he doesn't see him coming. If Thanos doesn't see Magneto coming, that gauntlet is going to be in Magneto's hand. Reality stone, poof, he's behind him, bang, Thanos is done. I'm just saying. So, yeah, I love Magneto, man. I think he's he's super powerful. I love the fact that his backstory is deep and it has uh, history and it has pain involved in it. I can understand where he's coming from. And when a supervillain is able to get me to be like, oh, crap, I think he's kind of right in a way. You got me. Like, you know, it's come on. That's that's a really cool thing. So yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite super villain. Okay, what is your fifth and final question? Fifth and final question. How do you think your life would be different if you weren't into geeky stuff at all? How do you think your life would be different? Well, first of all, mm -hmm. I think I would like probably not have any interest. In like video games or anything, because right. that's basically the only stuff that I like about video games, the geekiness of mm -hmm. it. Right. Um I honestly I I would have like few toys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um I would have few things to read. Right. Um Do you feel like your life would be less fun without geeky stuff in it? Yeah, and I think my brain wouldn't be able to, like, expand its, like, knowledge and, mm. like, world and information that much right. if I didn't have geekiness in the world of Marvel and DC right. and, like, Capcom or something. Yeah. You know, another thing, man, like, when I look, when I think about you and your brain and, and like, how you use your brain, I feel like the stuff that you see in sci-fi mm -hmm. could inspire you to create stuff in the future. Right, mm -hmm. like you see, for example, flat screens TV, flat screen TVs. Right, everybody has flat screen TVs, but before you were born, flat screen TVs were not yet a thing. Like what is flat screen? Like the TV that we have out, out in the oh, room. Oh, it's just like a flat screen. Yeah, it's a flat screen. Before, before TVs was... had huge butts behind them, <laughs> <laughs> and so only like really, really wealthy people would be able to afford flat screen TVs because they they were sold at very, very high prices. Now everybody has them, but when you think back, like. 
flat screen TVs have been part of, of sci-fi also, forever. Weren't, weren't some of the like TVs back in the day, weren't they like the the screens were like round on the front? Yeah, uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TVs have evolved a great deal, but way before flat screen TVs were even a possibility to create physically. Because like before, it was like a big chunky thing. Right. And it was um, because they had to fit all that stuff all that in like one right. little box. Yeah. But now they can fit it in like, for example, a laptop. Right. Like yeah. the one we're recording on. Right. But where did you see flat screen flat screens all over the place way before they were they, they could ever be invented in real life in comics? Mm-hmm. You saw it any any kind of futuristic spaceship type of thing mm-hmm. flat screens mm-hmm. the Batcave flat screens <laughs> you know these like not even flat screens just like hovering like hollow tech right there's yeah yeah and, and like or like for example. Look at the Apple Watch right now, right? Yeah. All the stuff that you can do on a tiny little watch screen. It's Dick, like Dick Tracy screen. had. Do you know who Dick Tracy is? Uh, I need no. to introduce. I'm going to introduce you to Dick Tracy. So Dick Tracy, he's like this this detective kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It's from a movie and some comics and stuff like that. And he had a video, a, a, a watch with like a video screen on it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that looked like this is like back in the '80s, super futuristic. It just felt like, oh my god, how cool would it be to be able to like do all that stuff on and a watch? And now we have it. Kind well, of we like have an it. Apple. Yeah. So it's like what what I was trying to say is that I feel like sci-fi, science fiction in all of its forms, whether it's comics or whether it's movies or books or whatever, science fiction inspires future technology and future Mm -hmm. inventions. And I feel like if you decided to go down the road of engineering and creating stuff, Mm -hmm. let's say you could be inspired by something that you're reading now in science fiction to bring a product to life or to bring something to life Mm -hmm. that you couldn't have done back that you couldn't have seen back in back as a child right now, mm-hmm. you know, like again, science fiction just inspires. And I feel like, yeah, sure. You would have been, you know, the same cool guy that you are without geeky stuff. I feel like, um, I feel like now in this generation of kids, uh-huh. they're like seven or eight, like my age. Yeah. I feel like we think that we have like all the good stuff now. Right. In the future, there's going to be all this better stuff. Probably. That, like, people are going <laughs> to be like, oh, you thought you could afford a, uh, you, those kids thought they could afford a flat screen TV. They thought that was good. Oh, we have right. a hollow screen TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day you and I will be sitting, me as an old man with a gray beard, <laughs> and we'll be sitting watching your kids looking at a hollow screen or something, thinking back to when we recorded this episode with us. <laughs> Do you remember when we talked about that thing of the flat screens? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all right. So is that it? We did our questions, right? Uh, yeah. All right, cool. I dig it. I dig it. You know what? I think maybe we should do this once in a while, like every few mm-hmm. months or something like that, because I, I like this whole interview thing. Mm-hmm. But cool. obviously... Would it be like the same type of questions? No. Nah. Well, no, I think it could be really kind of like anything. Well, most likely related to some kind of geekiness because this is what the podcast is about. But, um, but yeah, I just I enjoyed this whole format of like mm-hmm. interviews and stuff like that. So, um, had a great time. Hey, listen. So, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I know it was different from um, the format of our usual episodes, but hey, maybe it's a different type of format that we can start introducing moving forward. We hope that you guys enjoyed it, getting to know us a little bit better, getting a little bit into our minds and how we got into this whole geeky stuff that we talk about and love so much. Um, If you guys love the podcast, please 
leave us a five-star rating, drop us a review. It'll help us get found on the different podcast apps. Subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Geekology 101. You can find us on social media. Instagram and Twitter. At G101Podcast. And uh, having said that, I think we're good to sign off. Mm-hmm. Till the next episode, folks. Game over. Game over. Much love. Stay healthy, people. Game over.